Hey guys, happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day to all of our U.S. listeners. I'm so excited that we have a long weekend. I know that it's been a really crazy year already. Gosh, I can't believe it's been half of the year already. So I hope you guys are, you know, taking a minute, relaxing, you know, spending time with the family or just doing whatever it is you love for self-care. It is so important especially right now the way things are the way the world is just moving faster and faster every single day that we take some time out and we just love ourselves and we just take a minute to breathe so with that you know with that said i just want to say happy fourth of july and also i wanted to announce that we are going to be having um, a lot of really great things coming up for skincare anarchy i'm really excited because this is our second year of doing top picks so if you are a brand or you are a listener that loves a specific brand and you want to submit them for consideration for our topics please do so i would love to hear from all of you you can email us through the email link on our instagram website which is um right there for you uh, at skincare anarchy or you can email me directly which is ekta ekta at skincare anarchy podcast.com we are open to anyone all entries are welcome i want to really bring you guys a very very curated but manageable list of topics picks for skin health, hair health, ambiance for self-care, um, you know, nail health, a uh, lot of, you know, there's a lot of categories that I'm going to be covering because, you know, skincare anarchy isn't just about skincare anymore for us. It's more about self-care and self-awareness and just things that make us feel good, you know, day in and day out. So I really encourage everybody, send those entries in. If you're a brand, please reach out to us. Let us know you're interested in submitting the products you love for us to test and, and really kind of put this list together. But other than that, we also have an amazing project that we've been working on, and hopefully it's going to be coming out towards the end of this year. Now, I can't tell you too much about this, but what I can say is if you are a listener and you love our show, then I really encourage all of you to go to our support our podcast link, which is which can be found at anchor.fm slash anarchy, and it lets you become kind of like a subscriber, but more of like just a supporter of our podcast. And so if you really love us, check it out. Um, you know, we always appreciate the help. We are a fully self-funded organization. We completely rely on our sponsors, on ourselves, <laughs> no investors as of yet, but, um, we always appreciate the help and the support. So check that out and also stay tuned for this awesome episode. I loved speaking to Emily so much. Her line is phenomenal and I think you guys are going to really enjoy the show. Thanks guys. And have a very, very happy and safe holiday. Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. I am super excited about our guest because I, she knows and I know and I think all of you know who look at my Dermal Unity account, I'm obsessed with her products. Her whole line is just so beautiful. Like there's literally no product, I think, Emily, in your whole line that can be like replaced or, you know, it's like you want everything kind of thing. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the founder of Emily Heath Beauty, um, Emily Heath Rodman. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to finally connect with you. Oh, this this episode has been a long time in the making. I am very, very humbled and honored because I, I, you know, we were talking, everyone listening before the show, and I think nail 
like products and just thing, things that we use and we don't really think about, like there's this market or I've always noticed it to be a white space, you know, and I feel like your line fits everything that I thought, you know, should be there in nail products. So um, without we get without, you know, uh, deviating, I want you to start us off with your uh, career journey and your um, experience in the beauty industry and how you started your line. How did all of this come to be? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, So my journey has definitely been quite a long one. Um, I like to say it's been almost, I think, 30 plus years in the making. (laughs) Uh, So I, I think as a kid knew very early on that I just loved beauty. Um, I always used to get into my mom's stuff and like her, her, curling iron or her hair curlers. And I had an older sister. So when she was doing makeup, I wanted to do makeup. Um, And I also just really loved creativity behind it. Um, I had drawn a lot as a kid. I was a self-taught artist, having drawn everything from, you know, horses and unicorns to then getting into comic books really heavily. And that's why we ended up doing the, the most recent collection that we did, which was for the Batman movie. And that was definitely something that was full circle for, for myself. But in terms of my career, I kind of you know, didn't really know where to start, to be honest. Um, I didn't know how to get into the beauty industry um, from a like corporate side because it wasn't really something that I had a lot of visibility into. And it wasn't something that I was kind of exposed to. Uh, my mom you know, was a lawyer. My, my dad was in finance. And to me... I always thought, okay, I'd have to go to school and and do like liberal arts and get a banking job or something. And then maybe eventually I could go work in beauty. Um, There wasn't really a lot of talk about the creative aspects of beauty uh, or even the science parts of it as well. And so I didn't know that there was marketing and PR and creative direction and art direction. That didn't really exist to me. That's interesting because when I look at your line, it's crazy. Like I haven't had like a boutique feeling in a brand for a long time before your line. Like I feel like there's this, you know, like you know what I'm I don't know if this makes any sense to anyone listening, but like when I when I look at brands and like the way they're designed, right? Like the aesthetic of the brand, it takes you somewhere. It takes you to like a memory or you know what I mean, like another line that you really love. And but when I look at yours, Emily, it's like I mean, just the the beautiful way that the packaging is designed to the way that you know the lettering is like it's just it to me it stands out as that beautiful boutique find right like you just it you find it in this random place and then you never find it again like kind of thing so you know so it's, it's interesting to me so you that you say the design aspect now um you know that's you know that's my segue really into how um the whole idea really came to be for you because it's you know very when i look at you know when i look at the products i see high fashion i see beautiful like just things you want to you know display on your vanity like share with your friends gift to people so like how was that you know designing all of that around um obviously the amazing products yes i think that was definitely something that I was very intentional um, to me and I'm happy that you point those things out and it does come through because I think sometimes I'm sure you've heard this before with other brand founders, but when you're so close to something, it's sometimes hard to see um, objectively what you've actually created and if what you've created is actually makes sense and if it's really coming through the way you want it to. So it, it feels really amazing to hear that. And I'm glad that, you know, it's hitting with intention for me. I think 
growing up at a time when I grew up in New York and there weren't the Sephora's, there wasn't the digital, there wasn't social media. So there wasn't a lot of access, you know, to multitude of brands. You really had, you know, what was at the pharmacy or what you could get locally at stores, you know, really department stores. So Bloomingdale's um, and sometimes if you felt fancy to Barney's and, and Bergdorf, but that was really yeah. it. And, you know, so there weren't as many brands as there are today. And I think for me, when I got into beauty and became such a kind of product junkie and just love to try every little thing, what I started to notice from a product perspective was at times I would find this beautiful packaging, but the formula wasn't that good. Or I had like a great formula, but then the packaging was kind of cheapy or sometimes it felt like um, it could, there could be more, there could be something else, or there could be something more innovative or, oh, had they thought about this? And I think that's where kind of the makeup artist in me um, who had kind of been self-taught and then went on to go to school for it as well and do it, it really made me want to create something different. And so for mm. us, you pointed it out that we really wanted to create these curated superior essentials that where every product felt like rather than a hero product, really a superhero product that each product you would want to have. And we weren't going to launch like a million SKUs and we weren't going to launch a million colors and we weren't going to launch, you know, just to launch because of pressure for newness. We really wanted to churn out products that would last a lifetime that would have that kind of longevity and durability. And I think that's something that definitely speaks to what I consider and what I define as being luxurious. To me, luxury is something that is sustainable because it lasts for so long or it can last for so long or is enduring and is of high quality. So it doesn't break or frail, you know, quickly. Um, I don't want to buy like a bunch of things that just don't work, right? Just to buy them. So yeah, right. that, that, that design was very intentional. Like you said, specifically with the nail polish, we really were, I'm drawn to very like geometric industrial design and it matched perfectly for us to actually work with an amazing design company and really collaboratively with them um, called Established New York. And they're actually the powerhouse behind brands like Fenty and Rare Beauty and also Marc Jacobs Beauty at the time. And so we were like baby little brand over here, but this was really my kind of passion for forever. And so I knew that I wanted to work with the best of the best in the industry if they were, if I was going to design my brand and it had to really speak to me and kind of represent me in a visual sense. I mean, I think you did a phenomenal job and the team, you know, um, at this amazing place, this design place did an amazing job because your nail polishes, I kid you not, you know, I remember when OPI became this huge brand, right? It was like in all the salons, it was all the nail stores, everybody had it. I, I mean, I grew up in the 90s and the early th 2000s and it was like, you know, you had the cool OPI nail polishes and all the girls would bring those to school. And I mm -hmm. remember thinking like, you know, a nail polish lasts a lot longer than we really talk about when it compares, like compares to other beauty products, because, you know, how long have you held on to like your favorite red nail polish or your favorite, you know, whatever colors, like your favorite, a nude, you know? I mean, yeah. I still have things in my collection that are just, 
you know, I, I had, I have to force myself to throw out because it's been years. Like, you know, it's just, I listen, I, again, I am first and foremost, a consumer and a product junkie. So, you know, even though I know what the like safety regulations or the, you know, specialization dates or shelf life are, I have nail polish that I just love. And I remember they don't like it. Don't, they don't make it anymore. Or uh, eyeshadow with a beautiful embossing from Mac. That's probably like 20 years old. (laughs) I would never use it, but it's just, I can't throw it out. You can't throw it out. Exactly. And that's what, like, that's instantly what your brand just, like, for me, just exuded that, you know, this, not just, okay, it's another nail polish brand or another beauty brand. No, it's something that gives you something to hold on to. It gives you something to, like, be able to, like I said, display and put on display and, and share with your girlfriends, pull out of your purse. You know what I mean? Something, just a little bit of luxury in the perfect way. So that's where I, you know, that's why I asked you that question, because I don't see a lot of brands that, for me as a consumer, resonate on that level. And I think- captured really (laughs) thank you again like you really honestly it's like listening to myself talk or the way that I would want it to be described so it's so good to hear that because that's exactly what I wanted at the time again there weren't a lot of luxury beauty brands there you know in the past five years actually a lot have launched in that time so Gucci Hermes you know they were not in existence when I was kind of looking and searching for a lot of luxury beauty I mean obviously there there were the Chanel's and the YSL's of the world and stuff but um with that really kind of like you said boutique intention um it wasn't really there for me or I wasn't able to find it so I wanted to focus on a brand that had that quality that felt like you were kind of spoiling yourself and my sister was always very much into fashion and beauty. I just was drawn more to beauty. And that was where I wanted to spend my, you know, my money and my time versus like, you know, bags and purses and stuff. And I love everything, but I think in the, in the end for luxury, beauty was always the one that I was just the most drawn to. And the second part, which I, you know, we talked, talked about a little bit was I also didn't want to create something that just looked beautiful because you know, there's things in architecture which look beautiful, but then are like not functional. And we really wanted it to function as well. So the design is also purposeful in that we have these round bottles that are uniform. They have magnetic caps that attach together. So it looks beautiful on your vanity, keeps you organized. And it also is fun to kind of like play around with or make a little sculpture or something. And then in addition to that, was that, you know, for artists, it was also convenient because you can just take off the cap and then you have these little half bottles or you can also have the cap and you can even use the cap because it's metal to for like nail art or something like that. And then in addition, the formula, the formula had to be good. Like I, the probably one of my biggest pet peeves is when I buy something that looks beautiful and then is just terrible, right? It smells yeah, weird or doesn't absolutely. last. <laughs> That is huge. And see, here's the thing. And, you know, we again, we were talking about this right before the show started, but I uh, was telling for everyone listening, I was telling Emily, like, you know, for me as a person who really enjoys nail polish, but I I was never like, I never had the time to go to like a manicurist every week, you know, or just have that regular salon visit that I would want. Right. Um, And what I always sought after were 
just like the nail polishes and the brands that would not stain my nail beds. And I was very, like, I'm, I'm very particular about that. And I hate it when I think all of us are like, when you take off nail polish, there's that little, like, it just, it's like a yellowing or it's like a staining that occurs right on your nail. And that would drive me crazy. And I think when I first tried your brand and because, you know, I leave it on for a long time. Like if my nails look good, they look good. Shit. You know, I'm not going to change it, you know? So, and I took off nail polish and I was like, Oh my God, it doesn't, do that at all and it was the one of the reds that I was wearing you know in your collection and I was like that at that moment I was like she really created something that is just so refined because I'm very sensitive you know what I mean I can tell immediately if there's a chemical in there in the nail um, product that is not suiting me because my nails immediately show it so I want to talk to you about the formula you know you brought up the formulation let's talk about it what is what was the process behind nail polish and the formulating it in a way that it's is suitable for everybody like me you know yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was always really important for us. And I think that when you're thinking about, you know, obviously the wave of clean that's really not only taken over, but really become more of a standard. And then what is that, you know, what is that actual standard? Because there's no real clear cut definition of what clean is. But for me, it's about how I define it is having top quality ingredients, non-irritating ingredients, better ingredients, better replacements, and like the least amount that you can have, but still creating something that is high performing, if not as good as what's in the market, better than what's in the market in some way, shape or form. And so for us, I think also at the time when I was actually in process of developing the formula with my team, my sister was pregnant and I also was thinking kind of at the time wanting to make something that would feel pregnancy safe because there's a lot of concerns that people have when they're pregnant. I know for myself, when I was pregnant, I switched a lot of my products just to be on the safer side and knowing that I could wear my own polish was kind of fun and amazing because we formulated it in a way where we knew we were taking out anything that had had you know, any like major studies about interference with hormones or causing allergic reactions. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are still a lot of nail polishes on the market that have ingredients that while FDA approved, they some of them have been, you know, banned in other countries. Um, or there's tests out there that show that, you know, it's caused like, you know, severe interactions of kinds. Um, some of the most common that people nowadays, I think, you know, know a little bit more about are, you know, things like, camphor or formaldehyde or even formaldehyde resin. So there's also a lot of like marketing speak where people would say there's no formaldehyde. Oh, but there's formaldehyde resin and it's like under a different name or something. And that I think is, you know, very misleading. And I really want to be as transparent as we possibly can with people. Uh, my sister, um, like you, is actually really sensitive to traditional nail polish. So knowing that I could create something that she could wear um, was really special for me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's really, really great because, you know, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's, it's just the, you know, the quality of it, like I said, and, you know, a lot of, I know, busy women, like we, you know, put on nail polish. I'm sure, you know, you know, like you, especially with our, you know, with our feet, like you put on the, the cute summer nail polish, then you just forget about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't want to take out that, take off that red. And then you have this yellow discoloration and that's the worst because then you can't, you know, it just, it limits you. It makes you feel like not beautiful. And it goes against that. That's why I have a huge problem with those companies that cut corners because, you know, at the end of the day, you shouldn't, your product should deliver not only from the moment you buy it to applying it to like, you know, 
looking nice on your on your skin tone or whatever but the process of moving on from that product should also be seamless you know what i mean like just going to the next and that's i feel like a component a lot of companies don't really dwell on like i think about this a lot with skincare for example you know the podcast it's a skincare podcast and i think about well there's a lot of companies in this space for example that'll create products that are great but then they don't talk about that when you stop using them what what's going to happen to your skin you know what i mean exactly Right. So it's like this downward, like you're not thinking downstream. And that's why I brought up that say anything about the the nails, because that's an important aspect of any good luxury brand. You know, you have to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yes, it is a skincare um, um, podcast, but I actually I love that and kind of gives me to the segue that you know, we really infuse the formula on in addition to that with skincare loving ingredients. So we infused it with traditional types of ingredients that are known for great nail health, like biotin or vitamin E and zinc for like nail strength. But we also took some um, traditional well-known Asian ingredients such as bamboo and rice um, and coconut as well to further make the formula Um, even more at a higher level, right? And those things were really, again, very important in terms of wanting to create something that not only would perform well in the way that you wanted it to, but would also even go above and beyond and actually could be nourishing. So, you know, it's been talked about for many, many years, even when I started, you know, back in the day at Avon, where, you know, skin and color and this kind of mix of of the two of really having beauty with benefits um, has kind of merged and even more so now, I think, during and after the pandemic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, it's, it's very, very important that, you know, we address that. I Now, when you say skin loving aspects, like this is something that is very intriguing to me. So I know nothing about formulating something like a nail polish, you know, or a product like that um, in terms of how the chemicals work. So were there any like kind of hiccups you felt on the way, you know, um, when you were trying to make this clean, uh, new kind of outlook when it came to formulation or was it pretty smooth? Uh, the whole process. Yeah, no, it, it was, um, I wish, and maybe thought at the time naively that it was going to be a lot smoother. We yeah. actually had a formula that I loved. And literally in the process of making it, um, we found out that one of the ingredients that again was, you know, considered safe by the FDA, and there weren't like a ton of studies at the time, there turned out to be a possible issue with study with like hormone interference with women. And well- we had to start all over again because it's not as simple as just removing an ingredient because that ingredient has a function. Each Again, each ingredient has a function. So when you take one out, not only do you have to find something to replace it, but it's not going to be exactly the same. So then you have to kind of um, mess around with the other ingredients at different levels to see what actually is going to work. And you know, even if you can find that replacement, Luckily, we were able to, but we actually had to switch manufacturers to get to a different level of manufacturing and to get a different replacement ingredient. And in the end, it was actually in our benefit because the company that we work with now, which is one of, you know, one of the biggest in the world who does a lot of of brands, not only do they, like us, care a lot about the formulation and what goes in, they actually won't put things into nail polish that they don't consider clean either. So for example, if 
you know, you requested, hey, I want to make a formula longer wearing and there are ingredients in the marketplace that you could add, they won't add the ones that they know are quote unquote unsafe, meaning that there's been studies that have caused problems. And in addition to that, the process, you know, obviously nail polish that's not water-based and so nail polish like that we have is there's still a chemical process to it. And they've in addition invested millions of dollars into their plants so that the byproduct of that is also not harmful to both their workers and also to the environment. Oh my gosh. I love that. I really <laughs> love that. And, and no, it's seriously because you know, so many people talk about clean. I'm, t- I'm serious. Like, you know, people say, oh, clean this, clean that. And then very few people are able to say, well, here's how it's clean, you know, and why it's going to stay clean. I mean, that's huge. And, you know, I'm sure that's uh, costing you a lot more than going to some you know, random place. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, sustainability and what we like to call conscientious or eco-conscientious beauty is yeah way more expensive. (laughs) Uh, We use recycled paper in our, um, you know, in our uh, packaging, which is more expensive. We use recycled board, we use recycled glass. So a lot of those things and processes, unfortunately, we're not in a place, you know, worldwide where they're less expensive, but hopefully we'll get there. And, you know, it, it is, I do think and believe that small brands like myself and other brands who've kind of been at the forerunner of pushing the industry in that direction are making strides towards real change where because of the small guys, the big guys are listening. And then the big guys really have the pull to get the manufacturers or get the ingredient suppliers to find alternatives or better ways of doing things. And so in the end of the day, you know, the we're, we're all improving on, on a process that, you know, hasn't been maybe the best um, that it could be. Absolutely. No, that's very, very true. And I, I really think, you know, I'm on the page with you with where I think indie brands and small brands are really the trendsetters and they really are paving the way, you know, towards new ideas and new innovations. And I think, um, you know, especially when everything is turning into this big, I guess, soup, right? Like, it's hard to tell, like, who what nowadays I feel like Estee Lauder owns pretty much every brand at this point (laughs) Um, well yeah I mean they either own or have bought or growing or demerged or something (laughs) yeah but you know I I like that though because they're they're one of the like I said like one of the big uh big companies that really listen you know and I think that um that's a really great thing and it's a really great service that you're providing as a as an entrepreneur because you're giving people a bar you know it's it's all about setting that bar higher and higher and, and higher and you know after all the brands I've spoken to like you know Emily honestly like people are always talking to me about sustainability and you know the same topics right we're we're talking about here but the problem is people don't understand that you know these bars are being set and they have to keep being met so we can't you know we can't have like we're interviewing here now but then if there's someone listening who might be going into a business that is uh nail art related or similar products to what you make well this is where you have to learn you know that this is the bar that's been set so let me make sure my business is also coming up to par you know and that's how we move forward and so uh, you know i i just really admire that i admire that aspect of your um entrepreneurship Thank you so much. And I think to your point, to piggyback off that, yeah, that's, it's about not only setting the bar, but also then also evolving as well, because, you know, before um, clean wasn't the bar, now it is. So now sustainability is the bar as well. Now it's becoming more standardized. So what's the next thing? What's the next thing? How do we continue to improve and innovate? And I think that's something that 
makes me really excited about the industry because even though some things feel like they've been the same, you know, for 40, 50 years, there's other parts of the industry that really are evolving at a really quick pace. And it's nice to be at that kind of forefront or at that kind of ground level. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, actually, I wanted to say we spent like a long time talking about the nail polish, uh, you know, that is available in the line. But I kid you not, my favorite product in your whole line is your lip balm, the exfoliating lip balm. It is the most elegant. You guys, like everyone listening, it comes. Emily, the packaging, by the way, is phenomenal. It comes in this beautiful packaging that looks like a really nice pen, like a pen case, and you open it, and it's this beautiful, like, gold, like, you know, um, outside, but the pen itself, I find to be the perfect combination of what I'm looking for, right? Because I'm sorry to say, all the people that have lip scrubs out there that you, like, dig your hand into, it's just, it's not my thing. I can't, I can't do it, you know, because I'm always, like, I'm contaminating this, you know, like, by putting my finger in here. So the way that you have your lip uh, exfoliating balm it clicks right so you you're releasing a certain amount of product and then the tip of the applicator itself has like almost like you know little bumps on it like it's like six uh different uh what do you call it they're raised like little what do you call those emily yeah i mean i have bumps that's an exfoliating tip honestly that's like there's no technical name for it but you're right it it was a way of combining physical exfoliation with also the formula as well as the actual applicator yeah, exactly. And that is my literal favorite product. I keep it in my purse at all times in my bag because you put it on and then you just, you leave it. That's it. That's all you need. You don't need to worry about your lips being dry and it just exfoliates them gently. So yeah, it's a brilliant product. And I actually wanted to, I was waiting to ask you about this because it's such a standalone product. I know you have your um, lipstick uh, line as well, but this is such a unique product. So how did this come about? When did you create this specific one? Yeah, so this one actually, funny enough, we were looking to launch our nail polish and our lip products all at the same time when we started. And, you know, unfortunately, small brand problems, we couldn't launch everything at the same time. Um, And the lip exfoliating balm was actually one of the first products that we were working at. Um, And it was something where we knew we wanted something like this. And then we had met with a supplier and they had presented a somewhat similar type of innovation. And then we were brainstorming in terms of ways of how we could kind of push it even further. Uh, We worked really closely with them. And then in in addition to that, we also were wanted to come up with a design because even though there's not a ton of these types of like pen products with, you know, the beautiful metal overshell and the detail and the, um, all the different aspects that we added to it, we still wanted there to be a design element to it. So we actually did a half custom design on this where the tooling to create that shape we actually own. So there's always parts that we're trying to, again, like innovate and and stand out a little bit from the crowd. Um, And I love the fact that you pointed out that it, it is like a pen and that was kind of the intention, the inspiration behind that and the full packaging was like, you're having like a beautiful Mont Blanc pen. Or with the nail polish, it's like you're having almost like a like a jewelry piece. And that's, again, how I wanted people to feel that this was really something unique and special. And if you're going to spend money on it, it really does feel like it's worth it from the full experience. The applicator tip was something that we actually went through a lot of different applicators of like different hardness and like how it would change over time. And it was too hard or it was hard enough or it was too soft. 
Um, and then in addition to that, the formulation uh, to have those beads in there that actually dissolve as you also exfoliate so that you don't have to wipe off, you know, after the fact, which again, like you was the thing I hated. I hated digging my fingers in. And then I hated having these like grains on my lips that I had to like wipe off. And then I had to re-moisturize and all of those things. And it just added this unnecessary step. And as a makeup artist, you're always looking for ways to kind of make things all in one or convenient or faster, especially when you're changing things, you know, quickly on set. And as a makeup artist doing a lot of bridal too, as well, one of the things that you're always doing first when you're prepping a bride is you're making sure that her lips are nice and exfoliated and moisturized. And it's the one thing that um, you'll notice actually on a lot of brides, they'll have dry lips because of, you know, just, you know, whether they haven't been, you know, drinking enough water or they've been stressed out or whatever it might be. Um, that's an area that gets sometimes like overlooked. So that's also, again, it comes from like my experience as a, as a consumer, but also my experience as an artist on set. No, and it shows, I mean, this product is absolutely phenomenal. Like, you know, I think it's, I, when I first tried it, I was like, why, why is this not everywhere? Like this is all you need. I mean, it's truly, truly revolutionary. I, for me, I'm a huge you know, I don't wear lipstick often, but I am very particular about like everybody. I think, you know, you want your lips to feel healthy, right? And smooth and especially in the winter months. And I remember I, you know, like we, we said this earlier, this episode was long time in the making and Emily had sent me this um, a long time ago. And I kid you not, I've had it with me since. <laughs> like I, there has been a day that has gone. Well, we'll now. have to send you more because that yeah. just makes me, oh. <laughs> I, I'm that makes Yes. No, I, I, I'm obsessed. I think everyone listening, if you're really interested in it, I, this, you need to check this product out. It's called Lip R&R Exfoliating Lip Balm on the website. So when you go onto the website, look for this one specifically. It's, well, it's thank phenomenal. You. Thank you so no. much. And another yeah. little tip that I can kind of throw out there for all, you know, all the makeup artists out there is it also serves another purpose. So when you're on set and everyone will know this when they're doing this, when you're ever you're trying to change out a lip and if you have to go from like a really um, intense lip color or even when you come home from like an event and you have like that red lipstick and then it kind of sometimes can stain your lips this is also a great way to remove your lipstick so if you have stubborn lipstick like a matte lipstick or something like that or something that's heavily pigmented you can also use this to scrub off that pigment because the balm will actually help with that and then also same thing you can wipe it off but your lips won't feel like overly dry. And I think that also to your point, and not to bore everyone on this too much, but that was really important to me too, because I actually suffer from eczema and I would get really dry lips and I couldn't find something that worked that actually moisturized my lips. A lot of the products like, you know, the aquaphors and other things, which are great, but those are really just sealants. They're really just protectants. They're not actually penetrating and helping with your lip health. Whereas this- physically plumps, you know, in a physical way with not, we don't have any sort of like plumping ingredient in it, but it's from the actual exfoliation increases blood flow. And then there's other ingredients like shea butter and squalane and coffee that help plump the lips and keep you moisturized. I think it definitely plumps. I think it, it, like you said, it just puts the moisture back in. I mean, your lips look perfect for um, any (laughs) 
lip gloss or a lipstick application, anything, whether it's liquid lipstick or, you know, stick lips, it doesn't matter. I've, I've had no problems. I, and I love it. It's, it's genuinely one of those products that I can't stop telling people about. I've, I think I've told like every female I actually know. <laughs> oh, thank you so Like, honestly, that hearing that, like that, those kinds of stories and like, they're genuine. That means the world to me. You know, like make being able to change like a few people's opinions or give them something that really just wows them like that makes me so happy because it's a hard industry to do that. (laughs) Oh, it's a very hard industry. And, you know, I actually like um, I remember like I when I first started loving it, I told, um, you know, a few of my colleagues and they're all they're in medicine or whatever. And they're like, yeah, okay, if I get out of here, you know, I'm going to (laughs) go under get that because this it's a big problem you know especially with as healthcare workers like we don't have time like you know and things like this I know that you're a makeup artist and you come from this beautiful like luxurious um place when you're making these but like the actual um you know the the viable nature of the product in your day-to-day life right that's a huge component it's something that a lot of brands can't say and to have a product like this for women who don't want it to be something bulky you just want it to be easy to you that's right there I mean it's huge it, it, it makes a big difference so you know I told what I was told telling them you might have some orders coming your way they're they're all surgeons so you know they're well, I I appreciate that and actually it's funny that you mentioned that because I have a couple of friends who also are health healthcare workers or, or nurse practitioners um yeah. and we were wanting to donate some of our um lip R&R to the medical professionals because they've been wearing masks. I mean, we think it's bad for the normal people to be wearing masks, but they've been wearing masks like forever. And it's one of those things that they have told, you know, and I've heard stories of like complaints because they're wearing the masks and it's just really tough on, you know, the skin. Um, So that's something that, you know, I'd love to uh, be able to support, you know, anyone who works with you or in your area where we wanting to donate some to to some of the um, healthcare workers so yeah very sweet of you I love that no I want you to get customers because you know what you have a damn good product (laughs) (laughs) well we'll take both we'll take both we'll find a balance no but I honestly I want to I want to round up the episode Emily by just saying you know this is beautiful I love that you came out with the Batman collection I mean my inner like you know just tomboy I, I remember when I first saw it I was like I like this girl. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> just, like, I would do this if I had a brand, like come out with like a superhero, like line. So I want to talk to you. How did that come to be? Like, you know, it just, you, you just decided I, I'm going to make a line and it's going to be Batman or how was the whole um, Yeah. I mean, kind of in, in some ways, yes, it was, it's, it almost happened that simply, but I think um, when I was, you know, young and ideating about having a brand and because I was such a comic book fan and still am to this day, I still own comic books. I still read them. I um, had always told myself, I was like, I'm going to do a comic book um, collaboration and makeup. And like, I was even thinking of, I'm going to have like this artist who I love, you know, who's going to make the graphics for it or something. And I worked at Mac also at the time too, as, as, um, uh, and, you know, they were really well known for their collaborations. So I knew it was a possibility. Um, and during the pandemic, I, you know, at some point it was like, I don't even know if I'm going to like keep this brand alive, like if I can. And, um, you know, some of the things that I was looking to do, 
I had always thought about reaching out to like, you know, the Marvel Disney's of the world or the um, WBDC's. And I just was like one day really thinking about it and went and cold emailed the WB, um, which has the rights, you know, obviously to DC. And they got back to me after like a cold email. And this lovely wow. woman, Stacy, who I, Stacy Oakley, who I cannot thank enough, she reached out to me and it was their product team. And that's how the conversation started. And I think that, you know, it seems like it came easy, but I think what led up to that was the fact that we had built a brand that so was so visually impactful, was intentional, was unique and different. And as a luxury brand in particular, wanting to do a comic book collaboration, I don't think that's done that often within beauty. No, it's not. It's not. And you know what? It's brilliant, if you ask me. Because <laughs> love, and don't get me wrong, I love my comic books too. I could, you know, I could give you a run. You run for your money because I got. <laughs> I have a little, <laughs> Um, but no, I love it. I think it's freaking genius. And I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so sophisticated and beautiful and fun at the same time. And I really actually, I have a request. I would love for you to do an X-Men one because I'm a huge <gasps> story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I did cold email, putting it out there into the world to manifest my destiny. I did also email Disney because I am also a huge Marvel fan. Um, X-Men was actually my comic book of choice. I read a lot of comic books, but X-Men was one of my first um, Uncanny X-Men. And it was when Jim Lee was the artist and he was the artist that I wanted to eventually sketch out, um, you know, when I did do a comic book thing. He, as you know, is now the creative director of DC. So- For the Batman, he's done a lot of also the Batman covers and even some of the interiors. So for me, also the fact that he's a, you know, an Asian American as well. I mean, I just, I kind of got the best of both worlds when that happened. But yes, um, putting it out there, I am definitely going to be doing a Marvel uh, collaboration that is something that is on my bucket list for this, for this company. So it will happen. (laughs) Come up with the storm color please let me know and let me have a say it's my favorite she's my super favorite superhero of all time you okay i kid you not she's oh my god that's so cool i love that i've had gone to an argument emily about how powerful storm is i was like let me tell you guys something if you can't if you can control magnetism you know <laughs> give my girl some credit here okay she's <laughs> she's amazing <laughs> yeah if you yeah, I love to hear that because my favorite growing up, actually, and I also used to watch the X-Men cartoon every weekday, uh, weekend was Rogue. I loved Rogue. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 No, we got to <laughs> do it. Now it's, it has to happen. We're, I'm going to put this out into the universe. Well, we put and- it out into the world. We're going to manifest the destiny and it's going to happen. And we're going to make something storm related. Absolutely. And you will be the first person to receive that. <laughs> I love you. Oh my gosh. I love it. And you know, everyone listening, you guys, if you aren't in love already, please, please, please go check out Emily's entire line. Um, you can go to emilyheath.com. I'll spell it for you. It's E-M-I-L-I-E-H-E-A-T-H-E.com. Go to that website, check out her whole line. You will fall in love and buy everything because trust me, it's something that just once you see it for yourself, you're going to be like, oh my God, I need everything. 
I just need all of it. So <laughs> just Thank do yourself you. stock up now. Thank but yeah, Emily, this is so amazing. And I can't wait to have you back on. I want you on for any new launch you have, anything that happens. I would love to have you back. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. I had such a great time. It went by so quickly. I know. Likewise. Um, and everyone listening, once again, make sure you rate and subscribe to our podcast. Leave your comments for Emily's team in the comment section for the concept art that we post on Instagram for this episode. And if you have any questions, leave them in the comment section. We'll definitely pass them along to her team. And if you have any ideas for Emily for her future collabs, leave them there as well. Um, and tell us who your superhero, favorite superhero is. That'd be cool. <laughs> so thank you guys. And I will be back next time.